Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Okay, Bezat Hashem, today we're continuing in Pirkei Avot, Perik Vav, Mishnah Hey. Now, we mentioned in the past, we had this in Perik Dalid, we had this, we discussed this previously, that there's three Ketarim, there's three crowns. There's Keter Torah, Keter Kiona, and Keter Malchut. Keter Shem Tov, Ola Gabay, and we, we discussed that idea. Rambam explains, it means somebody that acquires Keter Torah, he will reach Keter Shem Tov, because people will look at him in the appropriate way when he's learning Torah, when he's acting in the way of Torah. So actually the Rambam learns that those two go together, Keter Torah and Keter Shem Tov. But what the Mishnah here tells us is, and we've discussed this briefly in the past, the Mishnah here tells us that Keter Torah, that Torah is greater, more significant, higher than those other two Ketarim, and in addition to that, the way to acquire Torah requires far more than Malchut and Keuna. So you'll tell me, well, naturally, that makes sense because Keuna and Malchut, you're born into it. <laughs> you're born into it, you're not born into it. But the Mishnah uses a very interesting way to compare them. We're going to see is that the schuyot that come along with Malchut or the Chumrot and Keuna are less then the number of ways of dvarim that are required to acquire Torah, to become a ben Torah, to really learn Torah properly, requires a lot of achana, a lot of preparation. So we're going to show is a comparison, whereas keuna and malchut, they bring along with them certain schuyot. There are certain great things that come along, but it's less than are necessary, than are required in order to acquire Torah. So that shows us the greatness of Torah. We're not going to go through all of them regarding Malchut and Kiona, but we'll go through 24 out of the 48 ways to acquire Torah in this Mishnah, and then tomorrow we'll go through the other 24, God willing. So let's start the Mishnah. Mishnah He. Gedolah Torah yoter mina Kiona umina Malchut. Torah is greater, more than Kiona and Malchut. Why? Shah Malchut nekneit bishloshim alot. Because... Malchut, kingship, royalty, is acquired with 30 advantages. Now, the Mishnah does not explain this, but Baruch Hashem the Mepharshim do. And it says, if you look in the beginning of Shmuel Aleph, what happened was, the Jewish people at the time were governed not by a king, but by a Navi. Who was the Navi? Shmuel Navi. One of the greatest Naviim to live, Shmuel Navi. So Shmuel Navi. Right, we say Moshe Aaron Shmuel Shmuel to some degree was equivalent to Moshe Aaron. So we're talking about a very big man over here. So the Jewish people approach Shmuel Anavi and they say, We want a king like all of the nations around us. Okay. Now Shmuel didn't appreciate this. He thought he thought he thought that this was considered an affront. It was a chutzpah. Because basically what we're saying is, we don't want you governing us. We don't want HaKadosh Baruch Hu governing us. We want a human king to govern us. Now, there is a mitzvah of putting a king over yourself, but the way they did it was considered inappropriate. Fine. 
So Shmuel and Avi turns back to them after talking to Hashem, and he says, okay, I agree to give you a king. But you should know when I put a king over you, that king is going to have 30 advantages, 30 benefits that come with the job. And in the Pesukim, he lists all of the advantages that the king will have over the Jewish people. So the Kahati brings all of them. I'm going to go through a few of them just so we understand the idea. He'll rule over you. He'll take your sons for his work, for the army, to be a chef, to do all of it. Number three, he's going to place his, your sons as his uh, chariot to drive his, uh, to drive his car, his chauffeur, right? to be his foot soldiers, Balagula, to be his foot soldiers to run in front of the chariot and call the king is coming. You understand the idea is that Shmuel and Avi told the Jewish people is you want a king, you're going to get it. But the point is, is you should realize that comes along with the job is all of these benefits he gets, he's going to use all of your assets to service himself. Now, obviously he had to be Yereshamayim and uh, all of those things. He had to be a high, very elevated person, which was Shaul HaMelech eventually was one of the greatest Jews in his generation. But the point is, what? But the point is, the king receives 30 benefits, 30 benefits of the job. And as the Kahati explains over here, the Gemara in Mesechet Sanhedrin, the Mishnah tells us there are 30 chumrot that come along with the job as well. I'll just tell you a couple of them as well. Melech Lodan. Melech is not allowed to be a judge. Melech is not allowed to be a judge. Velodanimoto. They can't judge the king either, because think about it for a second. Imagine the king walks into court. Which judge is going to say chayav? <laughs> you're not going to say chayav. You're scared to say chayav in front of the king. You can't judge him. Lo me'id. He's not allowed to be a witness. Because if a king walks in as a witness... It doesn't sound like, it sounds like a benefit also. So it's a little bit of a benefit. Also, as a chumrah. If he sees something, he can't go to court and testify. There's chumrot over here. So really, when it comes to the king, he has 30 benefits and 30... You could call it chumrot, or you could call it unique halachot associated with him away from other Jewish people. But the point that we're making is, the king has 30 distinctions, 30 qualifications that are different than the rest of the Jewish people. You know what mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, I hear, I hear that's true, Shlomo Melech with the two zonot, that's true. It says no, lo danim. Lo danim. So it's interesting, what Yitzchak just pointed out is true, is that Shlomo HaMelech, people used to come to him to be just, David HaMelech also, by the way, and I uh, hear, maybe, maybe that meant Lachria, he's saying he's to made like compromises or something. <coughs> Very good, that might be the difference. I hear, good. So we're saying in regards to Malchut, there's 30 qualifications. Okay. Vakuna. and what about Kiuna? Be'esrim va'arba. Now again, 24, well 24 what? So there's 24 gifts that the Kohanim receive that the general populace don't receive, the general people don't receive. We know there's all kinds of things. Truma, Kodshim, there's certain things that Kohanim are allowed to enjoy that those of us who are not Kohanim cannot enjoy. Okay? Now what's the point that we're making here? So there's 30, you could call them Ma'alot, there's 30 benefits of being a king. There's 24 benefits of being Kohen. But as we're about to continue, this is how the Tiferet Yisrael understands it, the Torah is greater because it is acquired with 48 ways. Meaning, there's 48 prerequisites. There are 48 ideas that are necessary to have before you can fully acquire Torah. So from this we see that Torah is greater than Keunah and Malchut. 
So the Tiferet Yisrael points out it's not exactly a fair comparison because for Kuna and Malchut, we're talking about the benefits received. For Torah, we're talking about the ways to acquire. But he says the Mishnah is contrasting them to show us that Torah is even greater. Torah is even greater because in order to acquire it, you need to have these 48 ma'alot, 48 abilities, 48 uh, advantages, 48 skills to fully acquire Torah properly. So today we're going to go through 24 in this Mishnah. And God willing, in the next Mishnah, we'll go through the other 24. So let's go through. A lot of these sound very similar. Let's try to explain them as we go through. The Torah is acquired in 48 ways. Bitalmud. So the first one is Bitalmud. What is Talmud? So the way the Kaati explains from the Farshim is with intense study. Not just dumb study, intense learning. And some say it means Bilimud Mikol Adam. Like we learned earlier is somebody who learns from everyone. You learn all of the Chochmot from different people. Bishmiata Ozen. The next one is a listening ear. What does that mean? Sometimes people think that what a Chavruta is, is that I have respect for you and I let you talk. And when you're finished talking, you have respect for me and you let me talk. Problem is that Shtuyot. I have to listen to what you're saying. When you're talking, I'm not just quiet so that I don't interrupt you. That's Stam Derecheretz. More than that is shmiata ozen. You have to listen to what's being said. You have to hear what's being said. Otherwise, what, what, are, you, what are you listening to? There's nothing, you're not accomplishing anything. Right, but the point is you have to listen. That's the first place. You have to listen. Of course, of course, but first you have to listen. Some people, the other guy's talking, so they're quiet. But the point is, are you listening or not? The rabbi's talking, you're not listening, you're not accomplishing much. That's two. Three. Arrangement of the lips. What does it mean? Is that he reviews the study many times until it's aruch, it's arranged in his mouth. He has things very clear, misudar. Again, these are all the things that are necessary to really become ben Torah, to really accomplish in Torah. So that he has it clear. So if somebody asks him a question, like the Gemara and Kiddushin tells us, somebody asks you a question on what you studied, it should be that your answer v'shinantim, shinun, is sharp, clear, that you're able to respond quickly without any stuttering, without any stumbling. Arichat Svatayim. Four. Bevinatalev, understanding of the heart. It has to be that he understands the learning and he puts it in his heart. It becomes something that he understands clearly. Besichlutalev, now sechlut is sechel. What does that mean? Is that he wants to Plunder, plumb the depths of what he learned. Get to the omek hadavar. Get to the depths of the matter of what he learned. Exactly. That's five. The eiman. This is very interesting. The Torah was given at, at Har Sinai with tremendous awe, tremendous eima. So when you learn Torah, you also have to have the midav eima, awe in order to really absorb it. We actually have mentioned this in the past. And the way the Mepharshim explained it means, it has to be that he has a certain awe of his teacher. Because if you don't have that ema of the Rebbe, so you don't necessarily listen so much to what he's saying because you don't take him so seriously. It's important also. That's six. Seven, be Yir'ah. Now Yir'ah is a little bit of a different idea. Yir'ah Shamayim. Yirat Shamayim, he has to have Yirat Shamayim in his heart. Actually, is that at Har Sinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the entire Torah given in a way of fear. It was, it was the fire and noises. And why? So it instills a certain Yirat Shamayim on us. So in the future, we also have that Midah in relation to Hashem. That is seven, Yirat. Ba'anava, this is a big one. Anava is humility, being humble. This is a tremendous thing. 
a little bit of a different midah, but anava means humility. Why is it humility so important? Because if I don't have humility and you're taught, you're teaching me Torah, I think I know more. I know better than you. I don't listen. I don't care what you're saying. The only way you really acquire Torah is if a person has real humility. The Gemaran Mesechetani tells us why is Torah compared to water? Because water, it always goes to the lowest possible place. It flows. So somebody that's humble, Torah goes to him naturally. Baal Gava is like the top of the mountain. Water doesn't go there. Then snow goes to the top of the mountain and then it melts and goes to the bottom. The Torah does not go to somebody who is Baal Gava. Somebody is full of himself. Yeah. And, and he says another thing also. Somebody who's humble, he says more. He says he's not embarrassed to ask questions. If you're, exactly, if you don't understand something, you're going to ask, like we spoke about it before. You're going to ask if you're humble, but if you're full of your, how can I ask? It makes me look like I don't know something. The opposite, you have to ask. Ko'anava is, is a necessary prerequisite to really acquiring Torah. That's number eight. Nine, b'simcha. This is very important. Tachat avarita. Like the Tochacha says, is an important way. We know that Torah is only acquired with Simcha. There's an idea even when a rabbi starts a class, you're supposed to make a joke. Why? Because it opens people up to hearing, to absorbing. If you don't have Simcha, it's very hard to accomplish in Torah. You're like a dead person. Like... It's not a good thing to be depressed, to be right. It's not a good thing, and it doesn't help you acquire Torah either. Let's go to 10. What is Shimush Chachamim? So the Gemara tells us if a person studied Mikra, which is Chumash, Mishnah, Mishnayot, but Veloz Shimesh Talmidei Chachamim, he didn't serve Talmidei Chachamim, or is some, some shitot say is an Amaaretz. Why is he Amaaretz? Because what is Shimush Tamidei Chachamim? Like the Gemara and Masechet Brachot tells us, Dola Shimusha Yoter Milimuda. Shimush could refer to Gemara, which is the study of understanding the depths of the Mishnayot, but in a very simple way, it also means serving Tamidei Chachamim. The Gemara and Masechet Brachot tells us unbelievable stories that we can't relate to today, where certain students would go watch their Rebbe in the most vulnerable of places. They would go watch the Rebbe in the bathroom. They went into the room and the Rebbe was having relations with his wife. Crazy stuff. We would never, we don't do it today. Don't do it today. We're not on the level. But why? Because when you see how they behave, that's what they said. This is Torah. This is a, a part of Torah. How you behave in the bathroom. How you behave with your wife. All of these things. It's also Torah. Shimush Tamidei Chachamim is serving them personally. Because if you're serving them, you see how they behave day to day in the most intimate of situations also. Which again, don't try that today. It doesn't. Uh, we're not on the level. We're not on the level for that today. When you get on the level, you understand you'll be on the level. That's... It's very important because we're not on the level. Exactly that. That's exactly why. Number eleven. I said, listen, it's too much. Something going on. It's exciting. Shimush? No, 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 what do you see? I think it's probably personal to the person, to the rabbi, no? Right, right, right. 
Obviously, these people had to have a very close relationship. It's not just uh, Stam, a student. And he said, Puchazi. Go outside. Get out of here. Kana, get out of here. Exactly. It wasn't a simple thing. Very, I mean, but that's Shimush. Shimush, by the way, in a more simple way, which we could definitely do, is you see how the rabbi behaves in whether it's in uh, writing a get, making a funeral, doing these things, that's shimush. How do you see how they behave, conduct in a Beit Avel? All of these things, this is shimush. Watching them, we learn how to behave in Midot. We learn how to behave with people, etc. Shimush, that's a way also to acquire Torah. Many times, Rabbi, you see a Rav, a big Rav, you see one time situation is you can stay in your mind forever. Right, right. How we behave, how we hold the situation. Exactly, exactly. Eleven. Let's go Yeralef here. The Dikduk Chaverim. What is Dikduk Chaverim? So there's two ideas that Kati brings down over here. One is that you learn from your friends. Your friends aren't just people that you have a good time with. They're supposed to be. I learn a lot from my friends. So you learn from your friends. But some say is that means that you're careful who your friends are. This is a very important idea. And it's a fascinating idea that I've observed also. We think with our children, we do a great job raising them in the house and everything's going to be great. Halavai, that should be true. <laughs> you send your kids off to school, who their friends are, perhaps has even more of an impact who they're going to become even than what we instill in them as parents. Halavai, we wish that you know, we could give over to our kids the messages and ideas that we want to. But at the end of the day, we can't shield them from the world. The world is going to affect them. So it's very important as a parent to be aware I have to make sure the people my friend, my kids are hanging out with, are they good people? Is this good influence for them? And if we see there's an issue, to figure out what to do in the, in the nice way, in the right way, and for us personally also, it's very important too. You want to hang out with anybody and everybody, you're going to, and I'm not going to be influenced. Rambam already says, Adam It's not, you're not impervious to that. Everybody is human. And if we're human, we're going to be influenced by our friends. If we're influenced negatively, we're not going to be able to study Torah properly. So we have to know who is it. There is, uh, the idea, I think Lubavitch is big in this inyan, actually. Lubavitch says is that if you're polite, you're not bolea. It's a big inyan in Kashrut, but it comes out, they say, is as long as you're being mashpia outside of yourself, you're not going to absorb. That's, a, that's an inyan. It's definitely something to talk about. But we have to still be careful. Who are we being influenced by? Who are we around? That's 11. 12. What's Pilpula Talmidim? The discussions with students. Kumaran Misechetanit, I mentioned this before, tells us, Rashi explains why is it that you learn the most from your students? Because they're constantly asking questions. We spoke about it because they ask the most questions. <laughs> students are eager, they want to understand the limud, they're genuine, and then you say, Allah and they ask you 10 questions. You have to explain to each one based on the question they're asking. So that's a way to acquire Torah. You come out with such clarity. <laughs> 13, be Yishuv. Yishuv. Why is Yeshiva called Yeshiva? You ever thought about that? A place of study is called Yeshiva. Because they're sitting down all day. Right, that's an answer. But what's the real answer? Yeshuv Adat. You can't study if you don't have Yeshuv Adat. It's a terrible thing. Psizut Adat. Somebody that's scatterbrained. is a hundred things going on and he doesn't know how to compartmentalize is the word in English. To put everything. Compartmentalize. What does it mean? Like compartment. 
putting things in a box. I have this issue. Compartmentalize. What does it mean? It means I have an issue going on right now, but I'm putting it in a box in my brain somewhere, and I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll deal with it later. Then you have Yeshuvah Dat, you could sit and study. If you don't have Yeshuvah Dat, everything's inside, one is in another, and everything's mixed up, it's very difficult to study Torah and to acquire Torah. It's very important, Midas, to be able to have Yeshuvah Dat organize things. Compartment, like compartment, putting it in a section. You can't do that. It's very difficult to absorb your learning because you, everything's mixed up. You're bothered. You're talud. Now, sometimes we can't control it, but to try it to me, that we have to work on. I speak to the, to the in the Mechina, I speak to the boys a lot. They're bothered by something, whatever it is. To learn to compartmentalize, it's a midah. Not to put it away, but to deal with it at a different time when, you, when you're not studying. It's like you put in one box the hummus, tchina, shawma, chips, rice, and chitzel. It's a mess. You can't. You can't. Hummus, tchina, one problem. Israeli one. Exactly, and then no one's going to buy it. You need it to be clear. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. 14. Bimikra. How do you acquire Torah? Is Bimikra through understanding Chumash. Now, this is the idea of becoming a Baki. You want to really understand Torah first? You become Baki and Chumash. Study Mikra, Tanakh. Learn Tanakh well so that we know it clearly. Bimishnah. Understand the Mishnayot. Not only to understand them, but to get them clear in your head. Absorb them well. That's 15. 16. Bimi'ut Shena. Because now we're going to talk about things. We have to minimize in it. We spoke a little bit about this before. Pat b'melach tochal. Spoke about this a little bit. Thank you for the introduction. You're right. So mi'ut sheina. Say the mefarshim. What does it mean? Mi'ut sheina is don't sleep too much. But what is too much? Over eight hours. Over eight hours. Over eight hours. Eight hours. Chazal say is the standard. That's for healthy people. The Mefarshim also do speak out, though everybody can make a cheshbon in themselves. Some people, perhaps older people, for example, they naturally sleep less. Younger people perhaps sleep a little bit more. Everyone has to know for their own health and well-being how much sleep do I need. No. Yeah. So they understand in themselves they need three hours. They could do that. They're, they're allowed as long as that's what they really need. You find big tzaddikim. They talk about the limit. You find some people... No tzaddik sleeps eight hours. No right. way. He <laughs> doesn't have that time. No, He's no, busy. He no doesn't way. have that time. Bimi'ut sicha. Now what's mi'ut sicha? Sicha is just conversation, chatter. People that are busy constantly just schmoozing with everybody and everybody, it, it takes away from Torah. It's, it's, it's nimshach. It takes you away from Torah study. Bimi'ut ta'anug. We spoke about this last week actually. Miyutanug means minimizing in your pleasures. If you're so busy with your pleasures and enjoyments in this world, you're not going to be focused on Torah. And when it's difficult, you're going to close the Gemara and go, uh, you know, go do uh, whatever, eat the shawarma, whatever it is. You go busy with other things. That's what ends up happening. Not that you can't enjoy miut sheina, miut sheina, like if it's okay, like how a person needs. That is 18, 19. Bemiut schok. Schok is laughter. Again, the same idea, which is minimizing laughter. It's good to be happy. You need simcha. We already said you need simcha, but not to be overjoyed. The Gemara in Brachot also, in the fifth paragraph, if I remember correctly, says, in this world, we're not allowed to have yemaleh schok pinu. We're not allowed to have a mouth full of laughter because it says, az in the future, in the times of Mashiach, when Hashem reveals Himself, then we'll have a mouth full of laughter. Today, you're not supposed to engage in that so much because we're still at, we're still in the status of galut, of korban, etc. But again, this has to be balanced. You can't be depressed. Has to be simcha. Has to be simcha. Exactly. 
20. Bimi'ut derech eretz. Now, derech eretz, we've, we've spoken about this before. It has many different meanings in the different con- contexts over here. So what does it mean, mi'ut derech eretz? He has to minimize his general worldly behaviors. It could be business. It could be maybe family life. Things have to be done with seichel, with understanding. How much time are you spending at work? How much time are you spending with family? And by the way, you have to spend a lot of time with family. It's very, perhaps even, it's a very, very important thing. When your kids to develop, you need to spend a lot of time with your kids. That's very important. But the point is, it should be understood in, in measure. Be'erech 21 is, person has to be patient. If a person is not patient, he cannot become a ben Torah. It's impossible. Why? Because it says in the Gemara, if he's a Talmud Chacham who becomes angry, he forgets his Torah. Becomes angry, allows Kaas to get the hold of him. He loses his Torah. He can't become. He can't become a ben Torah like that. He loses it. Exactly. Kaaso. Exactly. 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 What's that? Well, then someone who's hopefully a friend of his should tell him. But then he's he's he's, he's not a Ben Aliyah. That's what he is. It's unfortunate. He's not a person in the ascending form. Unfortunate. You have people that they you know they say I am what I am and I'm not going to improve. I don't want to hang around a person like that because they could scream at me and then have no remorse. They have no charata. There's nothing. It's very difficult. We need to develop. The whole world is. De- no, they, well, some people might not be aware. Yehuda's probably right. There are people, they don't realize they're chesronot. They don't. But Yehuda's saying you might have people like that they don't necessarily realize. You have people. I've, see, I've seen... Uh, you see people doing things that are wrong. You say, how could they not realize? The answer is, we have our nigiot. We have our own biases. Getting angry for what? For for something unimportant? For sure not. That's a good question. I would say probably 99% of the time it's pro- it's a problem. Meaning, in order... Let's give an example. Someone's talking in shul. If you go over to him and scream at him, you're probably not going to accomplish anything good. The only thing you'll probably accomplish is something bad. But if you go over like a mensch and you say, look, my friend, we're in Beit Knesset. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to bother, but you say it in a nice way, so then you might accomplish. But getting angry, you're getting angry. That's probably the worst thing you could do. Probably the worst thing you could do. In terms of chinuch, it's probably the worst thing. I had a conversation once. I had a conversation once with somebody. He told me a personal story. Yeah, I, I, I was having a conversation with somebody once, and he told me, how can I tell you who it is? Because whatever, you know who it is. You can tell a story. Who? Yeah. I'm not sure that I would agree. Okay, I'm not sure I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story that I had a personal conversation with somebody. He raised his kids already, and they're grown up. 
he told me that the reason my kids are not coming to shul, and he pointed at somebody else and his kids are coming to shul, is because I forced my kids to sit in Beit HaKneset when they were little, in, a, in the wrong way, and he did not force his kids to sit in shul. And his kids, and this guy told me personal about himself, his kids are coming to Beit HaKneset, they're B'nai Torah, and unfortunately, not the same with him. I agree with you, you but know, I think... Not, no impact so empty, you know? I, if you tell me I'm tired, I don't want to go to school, don't go. Whenever I feel good, come back. I, but sure enough, he's coming by himself. I don't force him. I never force him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with I'm you. I'm not going to let him make a... So, the only thing I would say is like this, Yosef. We could talk about it more later, because maybe not in a public setting. I agree with you. Perhaps you needed to be... But perhaps there's a different mahalech of doing it. That's the only thing I'm suggesting. Perhaps. Perhaps. That's the only thing I would say. Perhaps. And now we could discuss. I don't want to discuss right now. It's more personal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's continue. We're up to 21. That was 21. Now 22. Belev tov. What is a lev tov, Chavra? Yosef has a lev tov. What's a lev tov? It's a very big inyan. Lev tov without anger and hatred in your heart. Who are we, who's the person that's hurt the most when we harbor resentment, we bear grudges? Who is hurt the most by that? Not the other guy. The other guy you're not doing anything to. You keep these bad feelings, bad emotions inside of you, it distracts you. Now you can't learn Torah because you're so focused on what he did to you and that bad guy and the other one. You yourself, you're creating the biggest issue for yourself. So before you learn Torah, you have to clear out the negative, the toxic emotions, the bad stuff in your heart, then you could learn Torah. Sometimes we get so caught up in what the other one did to us and it takes so much of our brain space, we can't even learn Torah properly. Get rid of that. That's 22. 23. What is Emunat Chachamim? We understand Moshe Rabbeinu was the Av of this and then all of the future Chachamim in each generation. We have faith that the Alachot they tell us or the Psakim they tell us the direction in life they tell us, we have emunah that they're telling us the right thing. Emunat chachamim. It's a very big deal. If I say something and then the rabbi says something, I'm probably making the mistake, not him. Now, maybe he made a mistake. It could be. But the first place is going to be probably I made a mistake. Emunat chachamim is a tremendous thing. That doesn't mean every single rabbi you have to listen to. You should have your rabbi, for sure. But you have to have emunat chachamim. And 24, finally, uvekabalata yisurin. This is a big inyan, which is very difficult, but it means accepting Yisurim. People suffer in life. Everyone has their bag. Everyone has their, what you call it, their pekel. Everybody has their thing that they suffer with. So the concept is, is despite my suffering, I'm still going to persevere in studying. And the Gemara says somebody that he accepts Yisurim be'ava, it's considered the tremendous level. It's a very high thing. So these are 24 of the 48. We'll get to the next 24 in the next Mishnah, Mishnah Vav how you could acquire Torah and that are necessary to acquire Torah. Bezat Hashem will pick up with Bob tomorrow, the last 24. But yeah. you see, if you correct yourself with all this, 